You are listening to the Flourish to Seven Figures podcast with Monica Louie, episode number six. Welcome to the Flourish to Seven Figures podcast, where we help online entrepreneurs grow their influence, amplify their impact, and scale their businesses all the way to seven figures. And now, here's your host, Monica Louie. Hey, hey, thank you so much for joining me for the Flourish to Seven Figures podcast. I'm Monica Louie, and I am thrilled to be here with you today. I've got a really important conversation to share with you today, so I want to dive right into it. So in today's episode, we are talking to Belinda Rosenblum. Belinda is a money strategist, CPA, and founder of OwnYourMoney.com, helping female business owners take the worry and fear out of managing their money. Now, if you're not a female, don't think that this conversation doesn't apply to you. Belinda knows that while most entrepreneurs know how to bring in revenue, they don't realize the easiest way to take home more profit is to manage the money already in their businesses. And Belinda believes in making money management and entrepreneurship fun. And you're going to hear that in today's episode. She is the co-author of Self-Worth to Net Worth and the creator of the new Cashflow CEO program, teaching female entrepreneurs how to manage and maximize their money so they can stop wondering where it all went and start using it to make the best business decisions to grow their teams, their impact, their revenue, and their profit. And if she's not talking about financial freedom, Belinda is likely enjoying the sunshine and chasing after her marathon running husband, college sophomore, stepdaughter, and two spirited toddlers. Now, I want to make sure that you know that you can find all of the links and resources that are mentioned in today's episode at monicalouie.com slash six. That's monicalouie.com slash the number six. And if you're brand new to the podcast, then welcome. I would be so honored if you would hit the subscribe button so that you can get all the future episodes automatically. And if you're wondering who I am, then I encourage you to listen to the very first episode of the podcast where I share more about what this podcast is all about, who I am, and how I went from being a working mom in corporate America to a stay-at-home mom to a work-from-home mom with a multiple six-figure business teaching and managing Facebook and Instagram ads. And yes, as the name of the podcast implies, the goal is to flourish to seven figures. And you can find episode number one at monicalouie.com slash one. We cover so much in this episode with Belinda today about money, mindset, and profit. Here is just a taste of the goodness that you will learn in this episode. So we talk about where the profit first method of managing business finances misses the mark, how to create a profit plan that allows you to strategically make decisions in your business that fuel your profit growth. Belinda talks about the mindset shifts required for taking control of the money in your business and what it takes to become a cash flow CEO, plus a whole lot more. So let's dive into the interview with Belinda Rosenblum from ownyourmoney.com. Belinda, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. I'm so thrilled to have you here. Thank you so much, Monica. I'm super excited to be here. Okay, so first off, tell people who you are and what you do, and then I want to go back into your background of what led you to this. How did you get started? Sure. So I run a company called Own Your Money. I think of myself like a, a CPA originally, but really a money strategist. And I'd been doing personal finance for a while, and I can go into that in just a minute. And then um, now I've really stepped into supporting entrepreneurs to be able to 
step into their power unapologetically and earn not just revenue, but create profit in their businesses to be able to really support their lives in this whole new way. I think that we just do a lot of settling and tolerating for what our business doesn't give us. And with a little bit of planning and and forethought, intentionality, so much becomes possible. And so I really look to take the worry and the fear out of managing money and have people recognize that learning how to manage your money is one of the fastest and easiest ways to start to take home more profit and you know, take home more cash um, from your business. Absolutely. Okay. So what led you to this? I mean, going back, did you always know that you wanted to be an entrepreneur, an entrepreneur, or did that kind of happen organically? What's your origin story? When I think back on it, it's so funny because for a while when I was in personal finance, I would, I would share a story of when I found myself at 28 under stacks of bills and mail because I was quite the avoider. And that it was interesting how that had kind of defined my life in the personal finance realm because I have so much compassion for people who don't want to look at their numbers, who want to avoid, who want to do anything else besides handling their finances. And then when I started to think about, okay, well, was I always an entrepreneur? Like, did I get into this? It's been so funny. And you just triggered this for me to think about this. I mean, I, I guess in some ways I've been working an entrepreneur since I was like 13. Like I was even a lifeguard and then I became pool director. And then I ran, I like had basically group coaching programs when I was 17. <laughs> like I was coaching um, and teaching children how to swim. And I had this realization early on. Like if I want everyone to think back actually about how they were when they were a teenager and how that that relates to how they are now. Cause this just occurred to me that even back then I had this realization that if I teach one child, I would get paid say $40 an hour. But if I taught a class, I could charge $25 per child, right? So as soon as I had two children, I made more than I did when I was doing private lessons. And so instead I'd make an hour worth a hundred dollars instead of $40. Right. So it's so funny. I think in a lot of ways I had some entrepreneur blood in me, let's say from an early age, but I went a very traditional route. I was an accounting major. I um, went to big university, then had a corporate accounting and finance jobs for the better part of 15 years. And then I left and in 2006, got, took a nice um, severance package. I was so miserable at my job. I literally felt like I was checking my personality at the door when I'd show up to work every day and took off a year and a half, actually. Um, I didn't think it would be a year and a half for the record. I thought it would be like a month. <laughs> Did you have any transition time? I can't remember for you, Monica. Oh, when I left my corporate job, yeah, I, I transitioned to be a stay-at-home mom, but the goal was to determine what kind of business I could build from home on my own schedule. So that was the Mm. goal, but I didn't go from one thing to the other. I was pregnant. And so I knew that I was going to have that time to focus on the new baby and take care of the older baby. And so, yeah, so I did have that time, but I gave myself that time uh, and window in order to figure out what that would look like. Yeah. My family came after. So all of this started happening um, farther back, more like at age 35. And then, um, I took this time off and I basically lived, eat, pray, love. I spent a month in India backpacking in Israel. And then I volunteered in Costa Rica for this underprivileged teen Spanish immersion program. And by the way, I didn't know any Spanish two weeks before. (laughs) So I was in the classes with the kids. And I just took this time to step away from what I was doing and to say, you know, how do I really want to serve the world? Like what do I really want to do with my life? And I almost became a financial advisor, actually. And then I started turning down those jobs because I was talking with 
real people, just like you and me, about their money. And it was almost like people would clutch their wallets closer and they'd be like, um, don't take my money. Almost was like the um, insinuation, right? And I was like, I don't actually want to teach you how to invest your money. There are plenty of people who do that. I instead wanted to help you with the emotional side of money, almost like a financial therapist of sorts. And I wanted to also be able to teach you some of the more tactical on the ground stuff so that you didn't just have $100 to invest, you had $1,000 to invest. Right. And you understood more of how your money was flowing in and out. You didn't have this big mystery around like, where did all my money go? So I started up this business back in 2007 and everybody was super skeptical when I was starting. Even now, I think some of my family doesn't totally understand what I do, um, like my sister. <laughs> um, but I I started up this business in 2007 and I had uh, I started with like a two day workshop. Not recommended. I thought I was going to have 150 people. I had 12. But from those 12 people, they then became the foundation of my whole next year and of a group coaching program, private coaching, and then it really launched my speaking career. And then I was really well poised in 2008 when everything fell apart, right? Like nobody was talking about money back then really, but I was, I was trying to teach people that they had to be paying attention. Well, when everything fell out, literally the day of the federal bailout, the five o'clock news was at my house interviewing me about financial stress. And how do we handle it? And how do we start to take control of our money? So I was like, okay, I'm on board. So um, I taught mostly personal finance for the last 12 years or so. And if you think of 80-20, you know, Pareto's principle, about 80% of my time was spent on personal finance and about 20% was helping entrepreneurs with their business finances. But that was more private coaching. And I was just getting so many requests that were saying, wait a second, we get that you have all these online programs, personal finance, but can you help us with the money side of our businesses. Like we just don't really get it. And it's really frustrating. And we thought that a hundred thousand dollars was going to be this holy grail and we were going to be set now and we're here and we still don't know where the money's going. And it was like this aha of no one's helping people with this. You know, there's this huge missing out there. There's like lots of people on the personal finance piece to tell you, you know, how to budget and, and pay off your debt and that stuff. And I think I was, I was kind of like, Feeling like, okay, that that side of me and my business is set. You know, people can take a great program with me and I can take care of them. But there's this whole new world that needs help. And then um, now in 2019, I've really stepped into supporting women entrepreneurs, particularly um, who are making some money. Maybe you're making 50000 75000 100000 more. And you're like, where the heck is it all going? Like, how do I find a way to take home more? Because I can assure you, Monica, that $100,000 in a job is way different than $100,000 of revenue in a business. It's kind of shocking. Yeah. But it's kind of shocking when you're in it for the first time and not thinking about it, not realizing it. It, But it's so different. I think we're just focusing on the wrong things. Yeah. I wanted to talk to you because this is so, I mean, I've seen this in my own business is that my business has grown really fast and the revenue has grown. I hit um, in my first year as in my Facebook ads business, I had almost six figures. I made 91,000 for the year. Amazing. And I was just, you know, so excited, but I was also reinvesting heavily into my business and I still do reinvest heavily into my business. I've grown my team and invest in coaching and programs. And, you know, I think there's this balance of figuring out where does that line get drawn? You know, when we're starting off, we're encouraged to reinvest in our business. And so, I mean, what are your opinions on that? Do you have like a, a time frame where people should, you know, be reinvesting, reinvesting for growth and then start paying themselves or should we start paying ourselves right from the get-go? 
I like the idea. Like there, there are pieces of profit first that I like, and we can certainly um, chat about that deeper. But at a fundamental level, I like the idea of you setting aside a little bit of profit to be able to have in your business. Just feel like there's, there's a little like growth happening, right? That's ongoing. But in general, I think that we actually try and put too much pressure on our businesses to take money out too soon. If anything, in the first year or two years, it's usually about investment in, right? It's that now I think we're learning how to make money faster. Now we can hire coaches. We can like one of the things I pride myself on is shortening people's learning curve to having profit in their business, right? That what happens is that we end up normally focusing on only revenue and we're missing the operating expense side of things, right? But that I think that that I don't like to use the word should, but I encourage people to reinvest in the beginning and to do it in a way that hopefully they're not reinvesting more than what they're bringing in, right? So that they are able to at least keep revenue in line with the investments that they're making. And I'll share with you some of my numbers because they're real and somewhat interesting. And keep in mind, although I'm a CPA, although I understand big time corporate finance, like I helped the company go from 190 million to over 400 million in my last life as a corporate controller, that I never really understood the money side of a small business, you know, of our growing online businesses. So in my first year, I only worked, I had four months in 2007 and I had revenue of $4,000, which actually isn't too bad right off the start, only having a few months. And, but I had a loss of $13,000 because I made some investments right off the bat. Then my first full year, now we're in 2008, I had revenue of $60,000. Again, pretty good first full year business, but I had a loss of $37,000. And so I basically had overspent right from the revenue that I was bringing in. And I think it was because the investments all made sense to me, but I never really sat down to add them up. Like I was one of those people that like kind of figured out my numbers at the end of the year, you know, or after like big chunks of time when I couldn't do anything about it in the same kind of way. That's why it kind of makes me cringe now when people be like, oh, I don't know what how I did last year. I have to go ask my accountant and it's April and they don't know how they did in the prior year. Like I want you to know on a current basis. So now my second full year, I made revenue of 155,000, which is also good, right? So it went from four to 60 to 155. So more than doubled. And I only had profit of $3,000. And at that point now, I was scaling fast. I had a lot in uh, a team member. So I, I went back and I looked at it and I had a team member that I paid $68,000. And so it was so interesting because with that team member, she had come from corporate too. And I think what happens is that we, and I know I did this, like I just negotiated what seemed like a reasonable rate, but she was like my one main go-to person and she was doing everything in my business. But what ended up happening is that I was paying her so much more than I was paying myself. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think sometimes we do that and because we're not really, we don't have a grasp of the whole picture. So then I started to like wake up and I was like, okay, like what is happening here? I'm making the revenue of 155, like what I thought would get me there. And I, so I could take more out of the business by that point. And I had sh- turned the tides, right? I went from a loss to a profit. So that was good. But I hadn't gotten to the point where I was now netting enough to really take home what I wanted to out of the business. And at that time, um, I was single, like I was the provider. And so I had made a point of having some savings and going into it, knowing that I could use that. I also had made some really good personal finance decisions. Like I became a self-made millionaire at 33 because of real estate and investing and some things that I started to do from an early age. And so I had the ability to keep just going head down into my business. Now we get to the third full year. 
I had revenue of 255,000, right? So I increased revenue by another 100,000. And here's the thing. I increased profit by $93,000. So now I had profit of almost $100,000. Because what happens a lot of times, particularly for entrepreneurs around that 100 to 150 mark, is that they have scaled their expenses and they haven't yet scaled the revenue. And I was a perfect example of what was happening there. So then in the third year, when I started to wake up, I reduced my team member hours and I got much more efficient with what my team member was doing, which was a big deal. So instead of just having them do everything, I said, wait, what's really, what are the big rocks? Like what's really most important for us to be handling and how do we start to let go of some of these smaller things because they're costing me in your time, but they're not really helping me grow the business. So that was a big thing. The second thing was looking for leverage. So I hired a coach to create more leveraged work so that everything wasn't me for the for the earning side of things, right? So I had to, between the two of them now, the team member and the coach, I paid the same amount in staffing, but I got a, a much more leveraged model out of the deal, right? So I think that it does make sense to reinvest in the beginning, but that you, you want to have your eye on what I call a profit plan. So your eye on a way to be able to monetize what you're doing. And so right now I have this new cash flow CEO dashboard out that folks can get. And then I will have a live video training series even after that, say so act quickly, where I talk about this idea of the profit plan. I talk about how you don't just focus on revenue, but that I also want you to be focusing on all the way down, like the revenue, the operating expenses, the profit, and even then the allocation of the quote accounting profit. I realize we're on a podcast and I'm using my hands, but um, (laughs) the accounting profit, because you do need to set aside money for taxes and you do need to set aside money for, you know, your household bills and you do need to set aside, you know, to have an actual profit. And then I have an extra thing that I want you to set aside, but it's sort of like where I go contrary to what profit first says. So we can talk about that in the profit first conversation. So stay tuned. Well, let's talk about Profit First. So Profit First has been a great book that a lot of entrepreneurs, small businesses uh, have read and recommend. And I've read it. I've recommended it to others. Mm -hmm. And so can Mm -hmm. you kind of break down what Profit First suggests and then what your... Um, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wait, yeah right your, here. How your yeah. strategy differs, if it does. I mean, I think fundamentally, I think that that we undervalue ourselves. We don't realize, and I agree with Mike on this, that we, that we don't recognize how we're undervaluing ourselves as the most important employee in our business. Yet we treat ourselves like we are the worst boss. We work ourselves to the bone. Like, would you ever take a job where maybe you got paid and maybe you didn't get paid that month? But yet you had to work 60 or 70 hours a week. You never sign up for that, right? But that's what we do to ourselves. And then, and then somewhere we think that we should just pay everybody else. Like we pay our contractors, we pay our vendors, you know, and we don't pay ourselves. There was a big shift that I made when I said, I'm going to give myself a salary. Like as if I was in a job, I'm going to take my business seriously enough to move from cash strapped, overworked, underpaid employee in my own business to then become what I've now termed a cash flow CEO right? Where you're actually a CEO understanding how to use money as a tool. And I think the part of where I found Profit First failed, uh, failed a little bit are two, two things that struck me. One in particular, that, that he basically talks about a business that's in the zero to $250,000 of revenue, he says should essentially only have 30% of operating expenses, which is if you think of a basic revenue, uh, like accounting revenue and profit model, it would say like revenue, Minus operating expenses equals profit, like accounting profit. Mm-hmm. And so if there's only 30% in expenses, then basically he's saying that there's 70% in profit. And I just think that that's really unrealistic 
for most businesses in that zero to 250 range. It's only as you get closer to 250 that you're, that you're really able to pull out more money out of your business, even at 20% or 30% or 50% would be great. I mean, I, you know, I shared with you my story that when I was earning 150, I was basically breaking even. And so I think what happens is it puts a bit of this unrealistic expectation on people. And then all of a sudden they have this unrealistic expectation. They're like, well, I can't do that. And then you just give up on it. And they give up on the philosophy and the theory. And I think that there is a lot of good in tracking your money, you know, and tracking how much profit you actually have. So that's number one. And then number two, I encourage um, folks to have a reserve account as well, because I find particularly those of us in online businesses, the consistency of revenue sometimes isn't there. Like I am a fan of creating more recurring revenue models for yourself, for sure. And I talk about that in all my programs, personal finance and business finance. But that for many folks, like when you do a launch, right, you're, you're, you're launching or promoting a new product or program, you have higher revenue in that month. And then the next month, it's down because you're delivering. Well, if you just follow a straight percentage approach, you would take out so much more in a higher month, but then in the next month, you don't have the money in the business to be paying everybody. That is so true. So um, last you know, year, yeah. just stress us out. Yeah. <laughs> last year, my team and I worked really hard to implement profit first. That was one of our goals for the year. But then we found that exact same thing. Our revenues fluctuated. And while we had a really, you know, what looked like a really great month and I was able to pay myself well that month, then the next month, you know, we had more expenses that weren't necessarily part of the <laughs> percentage mm-hmm. model. And so then, you know, we were right back down. And so how do we get around that? So we have the reserve account and that's like our cushion. That's our, in personal finance terms, our emergency fund. Is that how we can equate it? Kind of. It's not such an emergency though. It's like, it's what it takes to run your business, right? And one of the things that I teach someone in the dashboard and then more, I have an actual program called the cash flow CEO is for you to do a quote budget, like to do a plan essentially for your business that has revenue by revenue stream, but that also has expenses. It is possible to map out your expenses for the year and to map them in the month that you anticipate spending them anticipate right having the money go out the door for them and the months that you anticipate money coming in so that you can manage the roller coaster right like you're riding it you're not feeling ridden by it right you know it's like when you knew you were going to be doing a launch you probably also knew that you have launch expenses so i have a whole separate launch expenses spreadsheet and launch revenue tracking spreadsheet because i love my spreadsheets it's like one of my love languages i think but that um (laughs) that when you can see the numbers and you can see okay this is what we're gonna have to pay out this is what we paid out so far then you can prepare yourself well we need to make sure that we have some money set aside to be paying for the rest of these expenses. Now, what most people do is they they just do bank balance decision making. So they say, what's in my bank balance? That's right. what I can spend my money on, right? Or what's in my bank? Now I'm going to feel great about my business or crap, I need to like scrap the whole thing and this, I mean, maybe I should just get a job. You know, like this isn't going to work. And that's so stressful. <laughs> it's just not a very fun way to live. It has us ride such an emotional roller coaster. And when we're on this emotional roller coaster, it's really hard to be super positive externally selling and signing people up and having people pay us when we feel like we're white knuckling our business and we're white knuckling our money, right? And so the alternative is actually creating a plan and then tracking against that plan on a monthly basis so that you know what you need to be working on. You've thought through the revenue streams that you want to be 
leaning into, right, and really creating more of with an idea of what I call this profit bump so that you've thought about what's the revenue that I could earn that maybe has less expenses associated with it or maybe my current capacity, right, can handle more revenue so that essentially goes straight to the bottom line, right? It goes straight to more profit because you don't have to add capacity or add expenses to take on that additional revenue. That's wonderful. Okay, I really love this. The Cashflow CEO Dashboard People mm-hmm. can find that at ownyourmoney.com slash flourish. So we've got a special mm-hmm. link for you guys listening. Mm-hmm. You can go to ownyourmoney.com slash flourish. And she mentioned spreadsheets are her love language. And I <laughs> I feel like spreadsheets are my love language as well. I absolutely love them. Probably not to your level. I'm not CPA level. <laughs> but <laughs> it's totally fine. It's not required. I, no, I absolutely, I absolutely love yeah. spreadsheets. But you also provide a video so where you walk people through how to fill out the spreadsheet. So you're so you walk them through how to fill out the dashboard and mm-hmm. you make it down make it super easy so if you're if spreadsheets are not your love language right. <laughs> Melinda's got you covered there so you can go yeah. and grab that and make make your copy that's awesome yeah and I, and I so I put it in a Google Excel sheet so you don't even have to worry about having Excel you open it up you just make a copy for yourself and then you can edit it to your heart's delight um, I made it super easy so I literally like highlighted the lines that you have to make sure you fill out those are the most important and some people even print it out and then fill it out if you're more comfortable with that it's fine I did put in some formulas just to make it easier for you but what happens is that if you can have at least one page like one sheet where you know that you can Look at it. It'll give you a grasp of how you're doing. How do you interpret the numbers? Maybe you do have a bookkeeper. Like, that's good. I encourage people to have a bookkeeper. But the thing is that then they get the numbers from the bookkeeper and they don't really understand what they're looking at. They don't understand how to then use those numbers to then run their business. And that's a lot of what's possible once you have something like a dashboard. I show you which numbers should come from your bookkeeper or from, you know, QuickBooks, Bench, FreshBooks, whatever you use. And then what numbers you, though, personally could be planning to know what you need to be focusing on moving forward in a more intentional way. So I made it super straightforward. And I wish that I was doing this kind of tracking, just like paying attention years ago, because I really do think that it would have looked different. Like I would just have so much more money, (laughs) more profit to show for all that. Thank goodness I had rental properties. You know what I mean? Thank goodness I had other means to help me pay my bills. But I think that um, there are ways that we can reduce the uncertainty in our business and using something like a dashboard can really make a big difference in that case. You know, it was funny, actually, um, little side note, but related. Are you familiar with Brene Brown's Netflix special? Have you watched no, that? No, I haven't seen it. Yeah. So I just watched it a couple of days ago and she talks a lot about vulnerability, right? And courage and choosing courage over comfort. And she she defines vulnerability as uncertainty, risk, and emotional exposure. And I heard that and I was like, that sounds like entrepreneurship. <laughs> like, it's this huge amount of uncertainty, risk, and emotional exposure that you put yourself out there, right? You don't have money coming into you every two weeks. You essentially have to ask for every dollar that you get, right? Your family might not understand. Your partner might not understand. And you you step into this level of risk that you didn't have before when you had what felt like security and stability in a job. And it's a huge amount of uncertainty because like you have to determine what you're going to do every day. Right. And, you know, she talks about like, there's no courage without vulnerability. And I think that there's no entrepreneurship without vulnerability either, you know, and that, that we can know that going into it and we can have courage around becoming an entrepreneur. And there are things that we can do that 
put the money side of things more in our control than we may realize. So that was my little digression, but, um, but super important, you know, and I think that people like, if they feel vulnerable about this, just get that that's normal. Right. Right. And, and that they're using something like this dashboard can help you have a little bit more um, certainty because you can know what the numbers are and you know what you're heading towards. So can you talk to us about the mindset that goes into this? Because I feel like a lot of this, and you, you said yourself, you're doing financial therapy. (laughs) So what is the mindset that I feel like in order to make this shift, it is a mindset shift. It's not just the Mm -hmm. tracking and the actions. I think that's a huge part of it, obviously, but there's also the mindset. So what mindset challenges do we need to overcome or shift our way of thinking in order to have success with this? Sure. I love that question. Actually, I haven't gotten that yet on any of these interviews. This is a really special interview you guys are listening to. Yeah, I I think there's a there's several mindset shifts. And I love talking about mindset. I find that oftentimes you have people who are willing to talk about mindset on the one side, and then you have people who are willing to talk about the tactical side. And I'm willing to talk about both. Because I really feel like it's when the two come together, that's where the magic happens. That's where when you actually take action, because you don't just feel good about it, you then know what you have to go do. And then you move forward and you do it, right? And so I think the first mindset shift is to step in and step up and commit to becoming a cash flow CEO. Commit to becoming a CEO who is unapologetic about money, who understands how to use money as a tool to grow their business and to grow themselves and grow their contribution to their family and their community. Like that's kind of step one is to be that person and recognize that if you're actually going to do this business, go all in, like, don't, don't have it be a hobby. Like, unless, unless this is, this is solely a side hustle for you. That's a different story. I'm talking about if, if you've made a decision that you want to be an entrepreneur, you want to make this work, then it becomes a no excuses approach. Commit to learning this. If it's around the money side, if it's around the selling side, commit to learning that it's important that you decide First and foremost, yes, I'm willing and want to be that CEO of my own business. A second piece of that then is committing to know your numbers. That I think that we think that ignorance is bliss. Ignorance is not bliss. Ignorance is really stressful. <laughs> it's confusing. It's disillusioning, right? It's like it's frustrating. It is not bliss. So I think that the first thing then is stepping up as the CEO. And then I think the second thing then is to say, yes, I want to know my numbers. And yes, I'm going to learn how to use money as a tool because that's a really important piece of you being able to move forward. The next mindset shift I'd like you to see is to think about your view of money management and money making. So many people view money management and their ability to make money as hard. Like they have a lot of weight around it and they feel like, oh, you know, it's like this big sigh and they just want to like curl up into their bed. Right. And they're like, oh, it just feels so hard. I don't understand it. Spreadsheets are not my love language. They're the last thing I want to look at. Right. (laughs) Whatever is your thing. Um, But we put a lot of heaviness around it. Now, I believe that money management does not have to be hard. You do need a system. You do need to outsource it. Like I don't expect you all to become bookkeepers. I don't do my own bookkeeping, but I do. The third piece is you have to know the fundamentals and you have to understand what numbers you want to be tracking. But look at like, do you live your life thinking money management is hard? And when you do, it also flows into making money is hard. And I actually got challenged the other day by somebody who said, you know, you make it sound like making money is easy. And I said, that's the context that I hold that like, if you have skills and you have talent and you have value to deliver, making money is easy. You go offer it to someone, your solution to someone who has that problem, and you charge them for it. 
but we have so much weight around it and so much emotion and so much worthiness around opening up our mouth and asking for the money and all that stuff. I, I look to really help people separate out the emotional side of things. Like if, although your name might be on the company or on the business, when someone says yes or no to you, it's not about you. It's about, do they want to buy the offer that you're presenting to them? And it doesn't actually have to do with your worth. Like I wrote a book called Self-Worth to Net Worth um, because I really believe that it starts inside. It starts inside with our own self-worth to have us create the net worth that we want in the rest of our lives. But like to me, it's no wonder like 82% of businesses that fail do so because of cash flow problems. And I think a lot of that is because we don't understand how to manage the cash flow. Right. And so we stay stuck in this. Oh, it's too hard. I don't want to look instead of recognizing, wait a second, how can I shift my context? How can I really make it easier? How can I be focusing on profit, too? So um, I think those are some of the key mindset shifts that I'd like to see you make. And I guess the last one is to get out of bank balance decision making. You know, that's what I look for the dashboard to do. That's what I look for all of us to be able to do is to have enough of an awareness of what's coming down the pipeline that you have a reserve account. That like if you do see a course that you really want, you don't have to say, oh, I'll have to wait for it the next time around. Like you have a place that you can be pulling from without hitting a credit card. Because I think sometimes we end ourselves up in credit card debt when we pull too much money out of our business and we use it personally, right? Or when we're just spending on our business and we're not correlating that with the money that we're bringing in. Yeah, so I think those are some key some key shifts that I want to see you make, some key steps to have that profit plan. Um, I also think that sometimes, you know, $100,000 can feel like the new broke. Like, you know, you need to understand maybe as the fourth one that six figures in revenue is not the same thing as six figures in salary and that there are a lot of costs to running the six-figure business. And we have to think that, I mean, I've absolutely coached people where my $50,000 business owner came to me making more money than my $150,000 business owner on a profit basis, right? So more isn't always better. It's about doing more strategically. Very cool. I love that more strategically. And so with this, I mean, I wanted to bring you on today because I felt like your message is so aligned with where we're going. So with this business, with this, or with this podcast, Flourish to Seven Figures, we're mm. talking about growing and scaling our businesses to seven figures and beyond. And right. but in order to get there, you know, it is very common that we hear about successful businesses that have, you know, even multiple six figures in revenue. And yet there is very slim profit or as you, you know, even stated like negative profit. So mm -hmm. I think that this is an important conversation to have. And one of the reasons is because, you know, think about how that profit is going to help you grow and sustain and scale your business even more. So it's not just about, mm -hmm. you know, as we, as we build this business, our businesses, we often get into it because we want to help people. That's our goal is to help people. We want to do that in a way where we can make money. We can really make an impact, make a difference in the world. And mm -hmm. so we're all focused on helping people. So we think about how we don't need to necessarily bring home a whole lot in order to feel fulfilled. But I know in looking at my own business, I can do a whole lot more when I've got profit, when I've got cash in the bank, when, you know, I can reinvest, I can give more to my employees, but then also when I'm feeling confident in my financial situation in my business. So can right. you speak so, to that a little bit? Yeah, I'd love to. I'd love to. I think that one of the key things you're touching on is we need to give ourselves permission, you know, permission to make, to, to do both, to create an impact and to create income and profit for ourselves. And sometimes we almost make ourselves into unintentional nonprofits and we become glorified volunteers. And 
I want everyone to think about like, why did you start your business in the first place? And how can you shift to understand that the more money you make, the more impact you're having? Because it means the more people that you're helping, right? The more people that have a, a vested interest. I love one of my mentors, James Wedmore says, the transformation is in the transaction, or the mm-hmm. transformation starts with the transaction. And I think that when people put down an investment with you, it has them be more invested, so true. Right. And until then, like, think about all the things. And I'm totally guilty of this myself. One of my friends was running a, a challenge and it was like $10. And I thought, okay, I don't really do challenges very much that I think I'm going to do. So maybe if I pay $10, I will. Well, I did two days and then I didn't make it through the 10 days. But I can assure you, I have a $2,000 program. I did the whole thing. Right. Start to finish. $3,000 program. Did the whole program that I think that there's something really important for you to realize that now is our time as women entrepreneurs to get a handle on this. Like we are starting with something like 850 businesses a day as women, right? And yet I want those not to be in the 82% that fail because of cash flow problems, right? I want those to be in the ones that say, wait a second, we can do this. Like now is our time. We can stop asking permission from our spouses, our families, our friends, ourselves, thinking somebody, something is going to come down and tell us, yes, now we can. Right now it's safe to earn more money. No, I'm telling you now. I'm hereby granting you. It is safe to go and earn some money. And it's important in that process to have a system underlying your money so that as you bring in more, you can trust yourself to have it. Right. So that you can step in and become unapologetic and be the CEO of your business, not of a hobby, but the CEO of your business, knowing how to manage your money, knowing how to use money as a tool to make that happen for you instead of feeling like it's a have to. Right. I want it to be a get to. Like I just um, I ran a pilot program of this cash flow CEO and it just ended yesterday. And one of the women was sharing. She's like, oh, my God, I actually enjoy looking at my numbers now. She was like, I never thought this would ever happen in my business. She was like so pleasantly surprised, Monica. It was funny Um, because numbers used to just scare her, almost bring her to tears. And she's like, now I feel like I know what I'm looking at and I'm the one that gets to be in charge of them. And that's what I want for all of you. I want all of you to realize that, yes, we can have a safe, supportive community. That's what I'm looking to create here. I call it my cash flow CEO boardroom, right? So as soon as you get the dashboard, you have access into our boardroom to get support to be that leader who's committed to understanding how to use money um, as a tool to grow your business and to grow your impact and, you know, the impact for the people you want to serve, but also the impact for your family, for your community, for the charities that you want to give to, like the things you want to do in your life that maybe you've put on hold for so long because you haven't had the cash to do it. Enough, enough of that. Join the movement, (laughs) get on board and say, I'm doing it. I'm going to be making the money that I know I can make through my business. Absolutely. Okay. So once again, you can get access to the dashboard and the boardroom at Mm -hmm. ownyourmoney.com slash flourish. Now, I totally agree with everything that you said. And I also think about, you know, part of my motivation is not only to help my clients, help my students, help my customers, and that's a huge part of it. But also I think all the time about the example that I'm setting for my Mm. kids, the example Mm. that I'm setting for my friends, for my family, for the people around me who see me taking this plunge and building this business and making an impact in the world. And I think that the more of us that can actually do that and create a profitable, thriving business that we're going to just be able to spread the good and make even a wider impact, much more than if we're reinvesting or spending every single dollar that we make. Right. And I think it's doing it intentionally, strategically, right? That we're thinking through, 
you know, where do we want to be reinvesting? Like I just got a question earlier today on, you know, where should people be reinvesting in their business? And the answer is it depends, right? It depends on what's going to be providing you the most value, like the most return on that investment. And I, I have a little calculation even for return on investment, but the big picture view of it is it's pretty simple, right? It's like, what's the money? And I think Facebook ads are a great example of this, right? Like do Facebook ads all day if you're putting in a dollar and you're getting out three dollars. Absolutely. You know, the question is like, how many dollars do you put in? As many as you have. Right. <laughs> like, like if you can make the equation work well for you, then that is where you keep reinvesting in your business. And a part of that is that if you commit to giving yourself a salary, if you commit to setting aside some profit, then you can make it all work. Like you don't have to choose. You don't have to choose I'm going to have an impact or I'm going to have profit. Like you can create the two together and that's really where the magic starts to happen. I mean, and think about like, why did you start your business in the first place? Monica, why did you start your business in the first place? So it was twofold. I really wanted to help people. So with my first business, my personal finance debt freedom blog, I... Mm-hmm you know, we had such a great story of getting out of debt so quickly and really just committing to that process and making it happen, diving in just full force. And Mm -hmm. so I wanted to share that step-by-step approach, but then also encourage people that it was possible. We were just this regular, you know, middle-class family, but we decided that we were going to achieve this amazing goal and we set out to do it and we made it happen. And to help people make a positive impact in the world, I know that I've always... Even when I didn't know what I wanted to do when I, you know, when I was a kid and I had no idea what I wanted to do when I grew up, I wanted, I knew I wanted to do something that would help people. But then also, I really want to have it all in my life. I want to have the flexibility of creating my own schedule, you know, and not answering to a boss. Can I take time off to go to my daughter's dance recital? Something along those lines. I wanted to have total control over my life both personally and professionally, and Mm -hmm. set the example for my kids that they can also create any kind of life that they want. If they have a goal or something that's super important to them, they can go out, figure it out and make it happen. I love that. I love that. And, you know, you absolutely do, right? And uh, make such an impact in providing that and showing people that there is a way that it is possible. And I think that sometimes we forget how inspiring our own stories are. Right. Like the fact that you made it happen is a testament that other people can make it happen, too. And I want everyone to think about that and think about what your idea was, what your vision was when you started, Um, because just like Monica was sharing, like she was looking for more freedom and she wanted, you know, you wanted to be able to make choices and make different decisions. And you need the cash to be able to do that. Right. To give yourself that time freedom, the location freedom, the actual financial freedom to make that happen. And so it's like you have a vested interest in figuring this money thing out. And I I think that if I'm a realist, that I get that people don't really want to manage their business money. They barely even want to manage their personal money for that (laughs) that side of it. But what I want you to think about is, but do you want what's on the other side? Think about like what happens when you don't manage your money. Think about the level of stress you sit in, frustration, confusion, disillusionment, right? Like a lack of understanding, fights that it ends up with your partner or your team or, you know, you're just avoiding it. And think about like how it makes you feel. And then on the other side, you think of a paper with, you know, two sides of the same piece of paper. What's on the other side is another column that says like, well, what happens when you do manage your money? When you can invest in your business, when you can help more people, when you can create the sustainable, scalable business growth for yourself, it creates the freedom that you're looking for. You can have the team you want. You can eliminate the tax surprises, right? And think about how great it feels when you do manage your money and you are on top of the numbers. Once we can help people, Monica, like be so vested in the outcome that managing your money can create for you, 
right? With the more profit and then what having more profit and more cash in your personal life would help do for you, whether it's a vacation, whether it's, you know, school activities for your children, whatever it is that you want to do in your life that you put on hold, commit to saying, okay, I'm tired of putting that part of my life on hold. I got to figure out this business and figure out the money side of this business to go and make those results happen. That's what I want. Absolutely. And it's not as scary as it might seem. If you if you are feeling nervous about looking at the numbers, when we started our debt freedom plan to get out of debt, and the first time that we added up the numbers, okay, what does the total come to? There was the sense of relief in knowing what that amount was. We were $320,000 in debt, including our mortgage. But when we looked at that number, I mean, that seemed like such a huge number, but it also made it much more real. And Mm -hmm. we just knew that we could attack it and that we were committed to paying it off. So just having that awareness, I think, will help you start to get over that fear and that nervousness, if that's how you're feeling. So I want you to check out this dashboard because it's not an overwhelmingly complicated spreadsheet if spreadsheets are not your love language. But Belinda walks you through exactly how to fill it out. And you can also see what your plan is versus your actual numbers. So can we Mm -hmm. talk briefly about goal setting and how this all works into that? So helping us achieve those big goals in our business, how does this all work together? Sure. So I think sometimes people don't want to set goals because they don't want to fail, right? So they just go very reactively through each day, each week, each month, each year. And then they don't really understand how to create the idea of what they think they want in their head. And I teach this idea of a top-down and a bottom-up approach. So basically what that means is from the top down, sure, you can say, I want to make $100,000. I want to make $200,000. Okay, so that's at the top level. But then from the bottom up, starting to look at, okay, how would I actually make that happen? And I'm just starting with revenue for ease right now, right? So how would I actually make that happen? Like what revenue streams would they be? How much would I need to sell? When could I sell during the year? And you, from the bottom up, you look at by revenue stream, how could I be creating that goal? And then you keep going. You say, okay, what kind of profit do I want? Like how much do I need to be taking home? And you can almost like the bottom up almost helps you work backwards to say, okay, from the bottom up, I know I need to be taking home X, $4,000 a month, whatever that number is. So to be able to make that happen, I got to back it up right? I need to then recognize I'm going to be paying taxes on that money. I know I need to have some profit that I want to be saving and setting aside and not just putting in my personal pay bills accounts, right? So how do you do this top down and bottom up so that you can come to a reasonable goal and then have a way on a monthly basis to track yourself against that goal? And most of the time, what I find is that people aren't setting goals. It's not that they're setting them too high, It's that they're setting them too low or not at all. And then they're getting them and then they think that that's all there is. And Mm -hmm. they're kind of like, what's the point, right? Like I go through all this work and this is where our partners get particularly frustrated at us, I will say, (laughs) because, you know, we we work a lot (laughs) on our businesses and then they look at it and they're like, "Uh, like, what was all that for? What was the contribution you made to our household account? Right. I mean, sometimes people get themselves into a lot of trouble when they they don't separate the accounts when they combine them, because then all of a sudden the partner or you even see the money that you just brought into your from your business into the account. And you're like, great, I can go spend it. And then you actually don't have the money when you have to go pay expenses of the business. That's a particular problem, by the way, for product based businesses um, or MLM businesses, because they need to then replenish the product that they just sold. 
and they get themselves in a debt or they get super frustrated because all of a sudden they don't have the cash that they need to continue growing the business. You know, so I think that in terms of goals, I think that it's really important to think about like, what are the goals that I have for my business, for my life, from a qualitative standpoint, and then also from a quantitative standpoint, like from a number standpoint, what are the numbers, the money side of things that you need to be able to support those goals and learn how to use money as a tool to create the goals that you want to make happen in your life and stop tolerating and quitting on yourself. Instead, make a decision and say, this is what I want to go for. And then you go all in. And if you don't make it, at least you tried. If you don't, then you'll never know. And that I can tell you down the road is a lot more frustrating, right? If you never actually tried, if you never gave yourself a chance. That's absolutely wonderful. I, I totally agree. And I think that you're helping us take that step to figure out our numbers and the cash flow CEO dashboard, you say in just 10 minutes a month. I mean, really, we can, we can keep this updated in just 10 minutes a month. Yeah. The point of the dashboard is that it's, um, it's giving you a snapshot, like it's giving you a higher level look because sometimes what happens is that that's why I say top down and bottom up when you're looking at your numbers all the time, because Sometimes people just look in the nitty gritty details. Like if you think you're walking through a forest and you're just seeing the rocks on the ground of the forest and you're literally like missing the trees and the sky above you. So what the dashboard was, it does is it raises you up and it says, okay, let's look big picture. How are we doing? So the way that it works in 10 minutes a month is when you have the separate tracking, I guess you can say, or, you know, when you have a bookkeeper, you have the accounting side of things happening separately this gives you the quick snapshot of what are the numbers I need to be pulling out of the accounting reporting that I'm getting. So you're not preparing the accounting, but you're taking just a few minutes to say, what do I need to be pulling out and analyzing? Because that's a lot of it, right? We may have a bookkeeper or somebody keeping track of all the details, but we don't actually look at it enough and we don't understand enough about what we're looking at to make good business decisions going forward. So that's more of what this tool is designed for. It's designed for you to pull out the numbers that you need to be looking at and then to encourage you to have a separate plan for your revenue and for your expenses. And then you're just pulling numbers from that. And then you get to compare what you're doing to what you're planning on doing. So it gives you that independent black and white look at how am I doing with what I wanted to do? And then it, if you look, actually, I gave two sheets. I've been focusing on the first major sheet, but I gave you a second bonus sheet. So I also have our students keep track of monies that have already been committed to them. So a lot of our students are coaches or they run online programs or something. And so people may be in payment plans and that are over different periods of time. So then what the next one does is it, it gives you a nice way to summarize how much money is already committed for the next month. And that can help you focus on what do I need to be paying attention to. That's great too, because then you know, I mean, you can see it right there that you're not starting over from scratch because a lot right. of us do have payment plans or recurring revenue. And mm -hmm. so then if you think about your, your monthly revenue goal, you're not starting from scratch. You're already ahead of the game. Right. And that does the math for you. So it'll say, okay, if your goal is 10 and if you're already at $6,000, right? If your goal is $10,000 for the month, you already have $6,000 contracted, then where, how can I go generate the four? And so it also, okay. in terms of the goal point, right? It also gives you something to be focusing on when you're looking your timing, when you're doing your plan moving forward. Very cool. So I love it. I've been thinking about creating it for a while. And then just the last couple of weeks, I was sat down and I was like, 
I want to do this. I think a lot, thousands of people will benefit. We've already had, I think like over 300 people just in the last couple of days sign up for it. So I'm super excited to see how it goes. And I would love to hear how it's going for people once they open it, look at it, save their own copy and start to work with it themselves. Absolutely. This is so great. I really appreciate you taking the time to break this all down and have this super important conversation with me today so that we can take this action and really use the numbers to help fuel us forward so that we can grow and scale in a smart, strategic way. Absolutely. It's a requirement, right? You're trying to get them to seven figures. It's a requirement to get to seven figures. I mean, do you know any seven figure business owners who don't know their numbers? It doesn't happen. Like they're not going to get there. They're certainly not going to stay there without this. Good point. Good point. You can go to ownyourmoney.com slash flourish to grab your copy of the dashboard and get access to the boardroom. And Belinda, where else can people find you and follow you? So I am at own your money everywhere. I'm particularly on Instagram. I have been super active on Instagram. You were actually a little bit of inspiration for that. I think in the background, Monica, I was like, you're doing a lot on Instagram. I need to get do more on there. I think it was just your ads I was getting that I liked. Um, but hey, it kicked me off. And um, so yeah, so I do Instagram. I do stories pretty much every day. Um, you'll see kind of, you know, new new stuff of what's happening with all of it. So at Own Your Money on Instagram and then at Own Your Money on Facebook as well. Okay. Um, and then otherwise, once they're in the dashboard, I'll make sure that I keep them in the loop and get them access to all the goodness. Wonderful. Thank you so much for joining me today. This was truly a wonderful conversation. Thank you, Belinda. Thank you for having me, uh, Monica. I really appreciate it. And um I can't wait to see how everyone really takes this and steps into their own power as the cash flow CEO. Let's do this. Absolutely. Let's do it. Wow. I love how passionate Belinda is about all of this. And I think that you should be too. Now, it's been a few days since Belinda and I recorded the interview. And I've been thinking about this conversation and how I totally agree with Belinda that it's time to come out from hiding with our business finances, take control and create a profit plan to achieve our goals. And I'll admit that while my business has grown quickly and been a fast success, I've definitely been guilty at times of reinvesting too much much, all in the name of growth. So if you've been there too, then I invite you to join me in making a change. Let's become cash flow CEOs together. And the first step is to get clear on your numbers and make sure that you're focusing on the right numbers. So go to ownyourmoney.com slash flourish to download the cash flow CEO dashboard. And in the video that accompanies the dashboard, Belinda walks you through exactly how to fill it in. And it really should just take you 10 minutes to complete it. Now, one of the things that I've been thinking about since we recorded this interview is that every time I've committed to taking control of my finances in some way, big changes took place right away. So in my 20s, I got myself deep into credit card debt. And for a while, I couldn't see a way out. I felt super stuck and just buried under this pile of debt. But when I finally committed to figuring it out, I immediately got a better job that allowed me to begin paying off the debt. And I did it quicker than I ever imagined. The same thing happened when my husband and I committed to paying off all of our debt, including our mortgage by the time we turned 40. Now, this was back in 2013, and immediately opportunities appeared that helped us gain momentum quickly. So we ended up paying off $120,000 of debt in just two years on a single middle-class income. And again, When I decided to go all in with my brand new Facebook ads business, I set the audacious goal of earning $100,000 in my first year in business. And even when my mentor at the time suggested that I set a more 
realistic goal, I clung tight to that goal and ended up earning $91,000 that year. So sure, I didn't exactly hit the goal, but I was so close that my confidence grew. And the next year, I'm more than two and a half times my revenue. It wasn't even a question of whether or not I would hit the six-figure mark. And I flew past it in my second year of business. So I invite you to join me in becoming a cash flow CEO. Grab your copy of the dashboard at ownyourmoney.com slash flourish. And let's finish out the second half of this year strong. So thank you so much once again to Belinda for sharing her wisdom with us. And remember, you can find all of the links and resources that we mentioned today in the show notes, which you can find at monicalouie.com slash six. That's M-O-N-I-C-A-L-O-U-I-E dot com slash the number six. And thank you so much for joining Belinda and me today. Now, if you found this helpful, please leave a rating and review so that more people can find this podcast and subscribe so that you can be notified when the next episode comes out. Now, brand new episodes come out every single Thursday, and next week, we are talking about why you shouldn't be afraid to set big, scary goals and what to do when you miss the mark. So join me in the next episode if you're behind on hitting your goals for 2019 or if you're ready to level up and achieve what feels like the impossible. So take care and bye for now. Thanks so much for joining me.